Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com. This is St. Louis on the Air from St. Louis Public Radio. I'm Elaine Cha. I'm a strong believer in, you know, we got everything around us to do what we love. I feel like a lot of us get limited because of either resources, we can't afford it, you know what I mean? So we don't, we end up not doing what we love and we settle. I learned learned how to express myself mostly through hip hop. You know, this idea of making something out of nothing, using what you got around you to make things happen. In 1982, Nike debuted its Air Force One. It was a basketball shoe that featured new technology, but its fresh style is what made it popular among hip-hop heads and what's made it a fashion and culture icon. There's a direct tie between the shoe and STL. 20 years after their release, Air Force Ones hit the music charts with the local rap group, the St. Lunatics, and their hip-hop anthem, Air Force Ones, which was on the 2002 Nellyville album. And just this month, August 2023, St. Louis-born and raised artist Aaron Fowler debuted his very own, very large pair, or purr, as many St. Louisans would say, as part of a hip-hop-dedicated exhibit at St. Louis Art Museum. Here to discuss that big sculptural piece now at SLAM and how he makes his art, career, and life between L.A., New York, and St. Louis, we have Aaron Fowler in studio. Aaron, welcome, and thank you so much for joining us today. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Now, I deliberately left out a description of your sneaker sculpture because, honestly, words don't capture (laughs) Um, what it is. It doesn't do it justice. So tell us first about the dimensions of live culture ones and what it looks like. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, it's a, it's a very large scale shoe. It's about nine foot long, probably about four to five foot tall and uh, about four foot wide. So it's a pretty, pretty large sculpture. Mm-hmm. And they're uh, white shoes, right? Yeah, they're white. Okay. They're With- made completely out of all white car parts mm-hmm. yeah including seat belts mm-hmm. for the laces yes it's there's a lot of detail that's um, really fantastic what is the inspiration story for live culture ones well uh, during the pandemic I made this uh this sort of like a new way of expressing or putting out your art you know it was like a space of like freedom and manifesting people's dreams you know and what they're what they're thinking about you know what they kind of like work for so i end up creating something called into existence which Mm -hmm. is about that manifestation which is just giving local people you know that are doing amazing things like a a platform and also just allowing them to see themselves with using me as a resource Mm -hmm. so then i was uh able to meet and very blessed to meet uh this guy damo who came into an installation that i made uh at the luminary um, he saw the stage, it was like a stage inside and different businesses. And he saw it and saw a vision to basically do what he loves inside of there. 
Okay. So then he hosted some uh, dance battles and uh, a, a new thing called Flow Originals mm-hmm. with his group called Live Culture. Okay. And uh, that's like an underground hip hop music, all everything hip hop uh, battles, b boy, and everything. So they inspired me. We had an opportunity to show at the Cranbergs, the Big Top, mm-hmm. last year. Okay. Um, and he threw an event called Flow Fest, and uh, it was very like just a big opportunity to put that on a bigger platform and I end up making uh, objects that reflect his movement Okay. and the live culture which is his group I end up making the Air Force Ones to represent the dance battles and the you know the b-boying aspect of his movement mm-hmm. so I end up making those shoes okay. from that inspiration for sure and how long did it take to make the sculpture it was funny, like, uh, it came together really fast, probably like 10 to 11 days. Wow. Yeah, just from, <laughs> from nothing, you know? <laughs> okay. And it's certainly not nothing. It's, um, we had Ricky Bird on mm-hmm. the show um, to talk about the fashion elements of the exhibit, um, the culture. And she had mentioned um, this sculpture, but I had no idea um, what I was going to be walking in to see. So to hear that it, it, it didn't take that long is pretty incredible. Now, shoes have been a thing in your art for a while now. Are you a sneakerhead by any chance? <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I mean, since I was young, I mean, I've always had like uh, Jordans and Air Force Ones, you know, just pretty much all sneakers. I mean, we live for sneakers, you know, okay. so it's just like I always had to stay fresh, yeah. say, you know what I mean? And uh Especially every color Air Force Ones coming out as a kid, I had to have those, and Jordans especially as well. And what yeah. is it about shoes that holds your imagination? I don't know. It's just natural, you know? Like, you, you want to be fresh. You want a, you know, fresh outfit. You want the shoes to match, you know? Plus, shoes sort of have, like, a it's a story to them, you know? It's uh, always kind of, for me, it's, like, reminiscent of my childhood mostly, you know? Mm-hmm. And especially, like, the Jordans. I mean, everybody loved Jordan and what he represents, so... You know, having that pair means a lot, you okay. know, for sure. So no, like, Chicago STL kind of uh, static or anything involved there? <laughs> <laughs> no static. I think it's all part of the culture, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, uh, that's that's just part of the culture, mm-hmm. for sure. So, you know, I just mentioned Ricky Bird and the culture, mm-hmm. uh, that ex- exhibit that's now up at SLAM. How was it that you became part of that? Uh, Well, I mean, I had, like... um. Who's I in touch with? Hannah. She saw an installation I did at uh, the Luminary. Okay. And then I met Andrea actually at a uh, Flow Fest last year. So that's Hannah Clem and Hannah Andrea Clem. Purnell. Exactly. Right? Yeah, okay. yeah. And I met Hannah. She's seen uh, she's seen a Flow Fest at the Big Top, and uh, she saw the shoes because at first they're going to I think show something different. I made like a big large scale chain that hangs from the ceiling. And they were interested in that piece, but then they saw the Air Force Ones, and she was like, oh, we have to we have to show those. You okay. Know? So then, I mean, I wasn't expecting, I literally made it for the event, you know, and wasn't expecting it to be shown anywhere no time soon or anything. It was literally just for the event. Mm. And she saw those and like, yeah, these, we got we to gotta show those. Okay. Yeah. So it was a perfect combination of, of timing and availability. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you, can't, yeah. you can't call that type of stuff for real. really No, can't. really. Mm. Now, um, you know, most folks identify hip hop as a music genre. Mm-hmm. What is it about hip hop that makes it, uh, you know, like visual art also part of that? What makes visual art hip hop? I mean, to be honest, like, <clears throat> it's funny, I'm a visual artist, but I really consider myself more of a hip hop artist. You know, like, before I really got into the visuals and knew about visuals, I 
learn learn how to express myself mostly through hip hop. You know, this idea of making something out of nothing, using what you got around you to make things happen, you know, doing it in a very free way, very fresh way, not a contrived way, just having like a sense of freedom and that expression, like saving your life, you know? So navigating the space and living through the world, I feel like hip hop sort of raised me, you know, gave me an attitude to be free and express myself. And then stumbling across like art, visual arts was just like a tool Mm. to express myself in a hip hop way. Yeah. You know, so I feel like even though I went to fine art school and all that other stuff and I'm showing paintings and sculptures and things like that, I feel like the attitude and the energy and the history comes from hip hop. You know, so hip hop comes first. Okay. (laughs) And what were some of the first pieces that you made um, when you were young and, and how old were you when you like really consciously started making things um, that you you wanted to show and share with others? Um, You know, like, of course, being young, you always like I'm always was drawing, you know, comic book characters and cartoons that I like and stuff like that. Um, but I remember in the seventh grade and particularly I lost a, a little cousin of mine. Uh, his name was Darion, and he passed away in a car accident right off of uh, King's Highway and, like, uh, not too far from, uh, what's that, Herbert Hoover, Boys and Girls Club. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were just on their way home, my aunt and, you know, my cousin them, and he flew out the car and, you know, got hit. It was like a car accident. And uh, I remember it was the worst thing that ever happened to me. You know, it, like, we were very close, and it just took everything away from me. So with that time, like, that time is just a hard time ex- in general, but uh, I was in a drawing class at the time in middle school, and I had a teacher. His name was Mr. Guilfoyle. And uh, I just did a drawing of him. We had an uh, assignment to draw ourselves, and I ended up drawing him because it was happening that same week. And I remember that drawing, like, basically helped me heal. You know, I had laughed. I thought about the good times, the bad times, and it just helped me heal in a very special way that I felt like he saw, my teacher saw, and he was like, you know what, that's a— uh, it's something special about what you do and you're doing and who is this person that had all these questions. And that's when I realized, like, you know, this is something more than drawing. Mm-hmm. And he saw that, too. And he's like, yeah, you should go take more classes and like really because it's something very special in what you just did. And it was just a drawing. Yeah. So I didn't the, the process for me of healing and feeling better just by doing a drawing. I realized, like, yeah, this is something that's deeper than just drawing characters. Right. You know, it's like a way of uh, healing myself. Mm-hmm. We're speaking with Aaron Fowler, Mm -hmm. artist and sculptor behind Live Culture Ones, which is now showing at St. Louis Art Museum as part of its exhibit, uh, The Culture, Hip Hop and Contemporary Art in the 21st Century. Um, Aaron, as you're talking about the way that uh, people around you influenced what you were doing, um, the last time you were here was in 2021. Mm-hmm. So it was in the midst of the pandemic and you were talking about um, into existence. Do you feel like um, the the sculpture that we're talking about and how that came to be, the inspiration, that that has connections to um, to what the spirit of hip-hop is and what is what it is being specifically here in St. Louis? I mean, definitely. I feel like... Um like I said, the spirit of hip-hop, I mean, you just see how hip-hop has grown, you know, from just doing it as a way, not looking for anything, but just a way of, like, expression, you know what I mean? Like, a way of, like, uh, expressing love, freeing our peoples, you know what I mean, from such a wild world, 
you know, it wasn't done with like uh, crazy intentions to try to be something. It was just like, we have to do this to survive and thrive, you know? So I feel like the same thing kind of came out of into existence. For me, it was like a, a answer to a question that I had about, you know, the commercial world or the art world. This is the only way to, for me as an artist, to express myself through an art world that doesn't align with the spirit of why I make what I make. Mm-hmm. And Into Existence was born out of that that question, yeah. you know. And the process of Into Existence so far is literally doing or becoming a solution to what the questions I had. And it's now like I'm able to work freer, work, uh, work with my people in a lot of ways, uh, have more fun, you know, express myself more naturally. Yeah. And also, you know, let the spirit of me release in that expression in a similar way. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's very aligned with how hip hop was born and how it's grown. Yeah. You know. So hip hop is, you know, sampling. Um, it's taking from many different places to create something new. And a few days ago, you posted a series of videos on Instagram. Um, and they showed you collecting materials from the side of highways. Um, this thing that you were talking about um, as far as solutions um, and taking from what is around you to create, you know, how is it that you decided to use um, scrap metal from car accidents for your sculptures? And is it connected to what happened with your, your cousin? Well, you know, first, like, you know, shout out to my sister, Joy Walker. You know, she's the one that, like, does my Instagram and, you know, documents my processes and stuff. So I can't take the credit for that post. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's very connected. You know, I found myself in my process always collecting car parts. You know what I mean? And it's a way of, like, I don't know. At first it was just like, all right, I'm going to make cars out of car parts, you know. But I find myself always, like, bringing myself or thinking about my cousin when I collect these parts. And sometimes I end up in my studios, they end up with piles of car parts, you know, I'm like, what am I doing with that? <laughs> and then during the pandemic, like releasing myself and, you know, being natural, uh, I realized like, yeah, I just started making everything out of these car parts because it's a way for me to use the thing that hurt me the most to mm-hmm. heal me and make beauty out of, you know what I mean? And always keep that energy and that experience, you know, at a value, you know, cause, uh, I lost someone that day, but I also found art that day. Sure. You know, so it's a way for me to, like, always put that in there, and I feel like it's definitely a connection to that, okay. you know. Yeah, and maintaining sure. that connection. Definitely. Is there a particular message that is there, you know, when you are, or the the message sort of behind using scrap metal um, and then, you know, reducing, reusing, recycling, you know, what is there to that? I mean, to be honest, like, well, it's it's plastic, which is, you know, it's just, like, easier to work with. So when I'm finding the bumpers, it's just, like, plastic, you know? Uh-huh. But it's also, like, I don't know, it's just, I feel like a lot of us get limited from doing what we love because of either resources, we can't afford it, you know what I mean? So we don't, we end up not doing what we love and we settle. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a strong believer in, you know, we got everything around us to do what we love, you know? So being able to just like create crazy art or anything, if I don't have no money, it doesn't cost anything to pick up some some plastic bumpers off the road or, you know, something like that, something that's really just around me, 
it's free 99 you know what i mean so it's like it's not a it's no uh it's no it's like you can still do what you love with zero dollars you know and i think that's very important with anyone that's living life you know i feel like uh we have to do our passions first Mm -hmm. and i feel like that's the freedom that we have and we never have to settle for anything and use what's around you if you don't have money go find things that's around you to create Mm -hmm. you know because it's important yeah yeah collage is something that people uh, they recognize mostly, mm-hmm. but assemblage, which is three dimensional, right, rather than flat, may not be as familiar. And that's something that you do. Why does assemblage speak to you? I think. I mean, mostly. I mean, let's see. I I, I was trained as like a traditional painter, you know. So I still like making images and you know sculptures. I still I feel like it's a strong structure and uh, creating an art, you know, creating art. And from that tradition, uh, but also, you know, just using pain and things like that becomes sort of not fully reflective of who I am, mm. you know. And when I'm able to bring stuff from the places that I go or energies from where I'm from or, you know, when you start to insert those things into the work, it kind of becomes like a nostalgia. It brings people to a to a place or a thing or a time, mm-hmm. you know. So then it, it always it's kind of like a door for people to enter the work. Yeah. You know, people can empathize with a certain object more so they can imp- than like this this oil paint or acrylic paint that can somewhat be pretty conservative or, you know, like high class or something, you know. <laughs> right, right. When you insert the these things, it just it's like an entry. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which I, I appreciate. Yeah. And then to be able to make that work still naturally in a way that I was trained, uh just becomes like a great uh experiment in mm-hmm. a way, you know. So you Live in LA mm-hmm. and New York. Uh, I'm <laughs> I'm all over the place to yeah, be honest. Yeah, yeah mainly uh, my home is in LA. Where in know. Los Angeles? I'm downtown LA in the Arts District. Okay. Yeah, that's why I live mostly, but uh, travel a lot. Okay. Yeah, it's just a part of the process. Well, and part of the reason I, I ask for specificity about that mm-hmm. is that when when someone says I'm from St. Louis, then the follow up really should be like, where in St. Louis? Real talk, yeah. Um, and even with New York, it's New York, but where in New York? Mm-hmm. It's Harlem, right? Yeah, I was in Harlem for a while and the Bronx, you know, I kind of, like I said, I move around a lot. But, yeah. yeah. So, what has it been like to make art, especially the way that you approach it and using things around you? How has that affected um, you know, what you've created? And especially because those those places, those neighborhoods, they're so different one from another. Mm-hmm. Um, how might somebody see that in your work if they're looking for it? Or how might it emerge if, if they're not seeking it out? I feel like it's a it's one of those things like we just talked about with assemblage. You know, it's like you're able I use I always use everything from. When I go places, I just collect, you know, I almost become a collector of just things. So I feel like that inserts the work. And then also, I don't know, like for me, L.A. does something to my color palette. Uh-huh. You know, it's very sunny. It's very like, you know, just the bright color. So every time I'm working in L.A., I have this sort of color tone that's important. And it just enters the work very naturally, you know. But then like, you know, you go to certain stores or certain places and like I put a lot of hair in my work and stuff like that. Oh, okay. And there's certain tags or certain brands that insert into the work that you can just notice if you're from those areas, visit those areas, you'll see that, you know. And the same thing with Harlem. I mean, Harlem has such a presence, you know. So when I was making work back then, 
I mean, I was using like convenience store windows, you know, because gentrification is always happening. Sure. You know, so it's always like this sort of change and things getting built. So you just you sort of see I collect those things and into the insert them into the work and you see that, you know, mm-hmm. you'll be able to read it or, you know, feel it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in this last minute, you know, in addition to your large school, your large shoe sculpture, mm-hmm. that is, the exhibit does a, a good job at expressing hip hop through fashion and Will Kim's wigs are part of that, as well as a hat from Chance the Rapper. What else about the exhibit do you really appreciate when it comes to fashion and hip hop? Just like 30 seconds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just I appreciate the energy of like, you know, seeing familiar things, you know, um, TV shows I grew up in. Uh, it's a bunch of my classmates from school in the show. So it's just cool to see their work. And, you know, it's just it's, it's cool to see that type of work in, in these type of spaces. You know, it's like uh, it's just a little refreshing, you know. Yeah. 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 Aaron Fowler is a St. Louis born and raised artist whose larger than life recycled car part sculpture of Air Force Ones is now showing at SLAM as part of its The Culture exhibit. Aaron, thank you so much for talking with us today. Thank you for having me. This episode was produced by Maya Norfleet. Our audio engineer is Aaron Dorr. This podcast was mixed and edited by Aaron. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. St. Louis on the Air proudly supports local artists by using music from Life Creative Group. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thank you. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.